Welcome to the Vet Church Podcast. Vet Church interviews are authentic, sacred, and inspirational. Vet Church is open to anyone who appreciates the sacrifice made by the women and men who put on a uniform and served this great nation. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com. Hey, Vet Church, how y'all doing? Um, sitting here with Scott Dickey, former United States Navy. Correct. And now you're still working in the Navy. I still work for the Navy. Um, you've married my aunt. Yes, I did. Very <laughs> wonderful woman. <laughs> and, um, and I'll tell you what, like ever since I've met you, we've, we've talked like five times. Uh, that's I pushing think, it, but yeah. Well, I, I think, think a couple of them were like via text. Yeah. And then once in person where we actually sat and talked. Correct. And Correct. when was that? It was. That was at your aunt's funeral. So it was a long time ago. It was. Well, it wasn't that long, but it was long enough. Yeah. It was before we started doing this. Correct. And Actually, yes. And we've talked about getting together and doing more stuff ever since. That's back when I was just playing music. Mm-hmm. Because your brother does a whole bunch of things which we're going to talk about. Right. And um, now that we're doing the, these interviews, and I got to come to Mobile, so we get to, to do... Actually, this will be the fourth interview in a row. With, with yep. My family's done so much for the military, for veterans, for this nation. And um, and you need to come back. Oh, yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> and I, I love it down here. This is a place where the banana trees grow. Absolutely. I got plenty of them back there. You do? Uncle Billy does? Does Chris have banana trees? No. Somebody ought to bring I don't Chris think he does. banana trees. <laughs> do y'all have banana trees out of your farm? No banana no. trees? Well, I was telling Scott, like, we're up, my house in Baker, man, there will not grow. It's not enough water. It takes a little bit of water for banana tree to grow, right? Yeah, a little uh, bit. You know, getting that, phone, that uh, water bill up. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it would be on water, man. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. Okay. Well, let me give you a little background on me. I was born a Navy brat. My dad was in the subservice in Groton, Connecticut. He was in Vietnam. He never talked about it. Uh, I don't know if he's seen action, but he always told us, and I'm the three of four boys. But he always told us boys that none to talk about. So whether he's seen action or not, I don't know. Uh, he spent 10 years active service in the submarines when they were diesel, and then he converted to nuclear. Uh, he retired, or he got out after 10 years because one of us boys said, Mommy, who's that man that walked through the door? He said, I'm getting out. So he got out. Later, he went in the reserves and retired through the reserves. My oldest brother, he spent 34 years, four years active, 30 or 28 years, no, 30 years in the reserves. He spent time over in Kuwait during Desert Storm, Desert Shield for about a year. running one of the command posts as a senior chief and then master chief. Uh, Another brother joined the Navy after I did, but he was four years in the reserves. He got out. I spent, I went in in 82, got out in in 94 with some reserve and 10 years of active. but me and my two older brothers were born in New London, Connecticut at the Navy base. My youngest brother was born in Washington State where we moved when my dad got out of the Navy. Uh, But we've always been basically military personnel, military kids. My dad was uh, commander, I believe, in Sea Cadets. My oldest brother is still in the Sea Cadets. He, he runs one of the units there. Uh, what are the Sea Cadets? Sea Cadets are young kids too young to enter the Navy or enter the military, but they still get uh, 
military discipline. They learn ethics, morals, stuff like that through a military type command. They're not actually paid. They are, it's a voluntary thing for these kids. And they learn about the Navy. Once they get old enough to where they wanna get into the Navy, they can get into it. They've got the sea cadets behind them. Uh, it, it's just a stepping stone for kids that want to. So it's kind of like the Boy Scouts, but with a military focus. Exactly, exactly. You've got a, a commander of the sea cadets. You've got lieutenants. You've got uh, captains. And you've got the sea cadets themselves. And once a month, I believe it's a one weekend a month, just sort of, sort of like the reserves. They go to a base and they go home at each night, but they still do learning of military stuff, Navy stuff, and they get experience in the military. Uh, my dad, when he was alive and still in active uh, sea cadets, he was up in Washington State. He was one of the, the guys that would actually help train these kids to whatever they wanted to do. Okay, it's, it's a pre-military pre adventure basically and it's still recognized today. And it's called Sea Cadets. Sea so Cadets. You got a youngster that, that thinks, hey, I might want to go into the military. Sea right. Cadets would be the way for the Navy. Or Correct. Is it, is, would they help somebody get in the Marines, the Air uh, Force, any, Army? Any military. It, it teaches them the uh, background of our services whether if they want to get in the, in the Marine Corps or the Army or the Air Force, it teaches them respect. It teaches them how to uh, salute, how to march, how to do basic military stuff. I tell you what, when I joined the Army, there were mm -hmm. people that did similar things like that, and they showed up. Right. And they knew how to do stuff. Exactly. It was different. You know, like they, they had to step up. Even though my dad was in the Navy for 10 years and was in the reserves, my brother was in the active Navy at the time when I went in, I got to boot camp and I was like, whoa, whoa what is this? That's exactly how I felt. <laughs> you know? You don't, what have I got into? Exactly. <laughs> I didn't go into the, into the reserves. I didn't go into... Sea Cadets, none of that. I just went into the, the Navy yeah. and said, this is what I'm going to do. And I get into boot camp, and first thing at 3.30 in the morning, the company commander comes through, banging a trash can, saying, get your lazy butts up. It's time to go. We went and got our haircuts. In fact, I think the first day we didn't sleep. But after that, it was, if, if you do what you're told, you do what you're told and how you do, how, how it's done, you don't have a problem. You know, it was a pretty neat life. It was, it was. I was in for 10 years. I was on three different ships, one shore command. I was probably at sea for seven and a half years and out of 10 years and I loved it but it's not for everybody that's true it's not for everybody uh, if you do not like being told what to do how to do it when to do it it's not for you because they tell you what to do how to do it and when to do it and what to wear while you're doing it exactly exactly if you're not doing it right, they'll let you know. Yep. So.
So that, that's the it's, way it, it is. You know, it's funny because, like, there's always the, you know, the Navy, the Coast Guard, the Air Force, the Marines. Always rifles. We're, we're, we're a group, but we're rivals. The Navy don't want the Army to tell us what to do. The Marines don't want the Air Force what to, do, to tell them what to do. But when it comes down to it, we are all one family. Oh, and at the end of the day, it's the same thing. Exactly. I mean, you just name the whole thing. They're going to tell you what you do, tell you what you wear. Exactly. And, and you get out, and all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of on your own. Yeah, they don't tell you what to do no more. <laughs> they don't, don't tell you how to do it no more. Well, and, and, and even being retired, Body there's earth. no, you know, there's no, no, I didn't get anything. No. I do work with some people that are retired because I work for the Navy now doing quality assurance on building ships. But the guys that are in there, the majority of them are retired chiefs, senior chiefs, master chiefs. I got out after 10 years as an E6. But they're just like me. They put their pants on one leg at a time. They buckle it up. They go to work. That's what I do. It's all the same at this it, point. It, it is. So it is. what did you do? Um, you got out. What did you do? You come straight here? Uh, I actually met a girl in San Diego. I was stationed in San Diego. Met her, married her, adopted her two kids. We ended up having a kid, went to, I had another ship command and then a, a shore command after that. She's actually from Mobile, so we came back down to Mobile when I got out and uh, I've been here since I've been out. I've been here since 1994. Uh, we divorced a few years ago. I met my my new wife, Tina, your aunt, and uh, since I've got I've got out because my background was in quality assurance. I went in and ship shipbuilding. I went into shipbuilding at uh, Atlantic Marine when it was still up. Uh, was there for seven and a half years and I went to Ingalls got in with the uh, soup ship Gulf Coast there at Ingalls and I, I've been there for 13 years so I've got a total about 23 years with the government soup ship is a uh, subsidy I guess you'd want to call it of NAVC which is the Navy and uh, so I get all my Navy time back plus the time that I've spent as a civilian so I've got 23 years uh, doing QA building the LCS's over in Austell and uh, but I've got many years of building ships at Ing uh, Atlantic Marine at Ingalls before I actually got into we're talking not little boats you're talking ships these are ships a boat is 135 feet and less anything over the 135 feet is considered a ship these are what 200 a little over 200 foot long that's pretty big yeah they're they're pretty good sized ships how many stories tall uh, well, from the main deck up, you go five stories for the LCS, you go three stories for the EPFs, and you've got four decks below for the EPF, as well as the, the LCSs. So you're looking at nine, about 90 feet from the keel to the uh, base of the mast, basically. That's pretty incredible. They're, they're pretty good sized ships. They're like, they're like floating hotels. Uh, pretty much. Pretty much. That's pretty cool. So, so you're, um, now you're, you talk about your brother getting out and he's got a place in New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, David, 
David started, he spent, he was in the reserves for 30 years, but about a year and a half of that, he was in, I believe, Kuwait. He was activated because he was in the reserves. He was reactivated, and he spent about a year, a little over a year, in Kuwait as the command master chief. And since then, he, he's got a lot of friends, a lot of them with PTSD, uh, psychological problems, things like this, that him and a friend of his decided that they were going to have a place for the, these people and their families to go to relax, to get counseling, to get any type of help that they could possibly get. Okay. To heal. To the heal. Result, to heal. Oh yeah, that 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 is the end result. And it's called a warrior's oasis. And if they a warrior's oasis. In fact, I've got, uh, I don't know if you can read that. Okay. And my brother is David Dickey. And he can go to, they, they can go to this website. Ddickey at a warrior's oasis dot org. Correct. O-R-G. Right, O-R-G. Uh, can and I ask you to write that down because sometimes, like y'all can, if you need to go back and look at that, you can. You know? Right, and uh, he's the president, as well as a co-founder. The other co-founder is a girl named Renee, and she's also on the website. As far as if you want to get in touch with them, they just started this place. They're still working on it they won't be receiving any personnel as far as uh, help or counseling until 2020. They are uh, considered by the government as a C501 or 501c3 uh, foundation, which is nonprofit, but they are still building. And if anybody wants to go there and help to build it they can go to the website and contact my brother or Renee and say hey I want to go let me know but they've got 440 480 acres that they purchased for basically an oasis for anybody with any type of PTSD uh, symptoms or moral injury, anxiety, exactly. depression. And it's not just for that the person, it's for their family too. So they can reconnect so the family can understand what's going on too. It, it's not just for the the person with PTSD. Well, and I love, like, originally when we talked about this, how we were talking about how this kind of hurt destroys families oh yeah and absolutely in our tribe is all of y'all who are in the tribe know i mean it's an, it's an entire community it's not just the veteran it's the veteran spouse's part it, of the tribe and their children's it's children the spouse it's the children it's the parents parents it's, it's the sometimes it's the neighbors and the friends that watched you grow up exactly Exactly. And they're thinking, it's, what in the world is going on with so-and-so? Right. And this, this is a place where they can go as a family. They've got a, a, either a cabin or a Connex or whatever that is set for them. And they can just, they can do hunting. They can do uh, zip lining. They've got, this is in New Mexico. You know, they got hills, they got... It's beautiful out there. It is. Well, and, and I, would, I would like to... Let's go back and point out one thing, too. Here's a group of guys with a real plan, and it's cost money to come up with oh, 480 yeah. acres, and to come up with plumbing and um, a 
hunting, family, counseling. Uh, what's the other? E- oh, equine therapy is going to be big here. Yep. It's free for up to two weeks for the veterans. And the reason they didn't just have it right now, like you don't, you can't just go to the second, is no. because it takes time to build something Oh, yeah, like this. absolutely. This is not some pie in the sky. There's real money behind this. This, this is something that my brother and Renee had envisioned about two to three years ago they've just now got it to where they've got the property they've got the 501c3 they've got multi-million dollar companies that are also i talked to them today they're backing them they're giving them support they are 100 percent on board i'm talking he didn't say names of the companies but they are large multi-conglomerate companies uh, well, also people like you and me yeah. my wife your wife we can donate into it there's there's a spot where you can give money and it's all tax uh, free and it's all yeah volunteering to work uh, all you gotta do is email him at the the email that I gave you and say hey and we'll, we'll post that email again Kate's giving me the nod we're gonna post that okay. on the bottom of this um, and for the let's say it one more time for the folks that are listening to this podcast in a couple of months um, it's a warriors oasis dot gov dot org dot org not I'm sorry not dot a warriorsoasis.org and it, it, there's a Facebook page it, too. it also has a Facebook That's page right. so a warriors oasis. right okay. and if you're in the if you if you're listening to this on the podcast um, go ahead and jump on the the vet church closed group and Kate will, and if you can Kate will go ahead and throw something up if not uh, just shoot me an email retired army chaplain uh, at gmail and, and I'll send you this stuff and I also sent my brother David a request to watch this as well so when he uh, he post yeah because you can always put stuff on there later absolutely um so so I think you said at one time you're actually going to go out there and help build some of the like do something because you're a builder I mean right right yeah I I do all kinds of remodeling uh in fact you can ask my wife but I didn't tell her today that my brother asked me if what I was doing December 26th through January 2nd or so because he's going to be out there and they're going to be building some more stuff and so I haven't asked her what her plans were <laughs> it's an oh, I know you. trip <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, what, what part of New Mexico is this in? You caught me there. I I don't know. I don't know. All I do know is it's going to be about 30 degrees. There will probably be snow on the ground. Uh, New Mexico is not a warm place by any means, especially in the wintertime. One thing I wanted to uh, segue a little bit into, you know, I've got this back issue. Mm -hmm. And I got hurt in Afghanistan. And when I went to ask about doing surgery... You know, they told me I'm not a candidate for the surgery, and um, and but you've had some back issues too, and it and you it worked. Oh, absolutely. Talk about that a little, because there's there's people out there going like, I'm on the fence. Should I do the surgery? Should I not do it? Should I go get the shots? You went through this whole thing, Scott. And I mean, I remember when it, I remember when yeah. I, we were talking. Uh, it was a few about ago. a year ago. Yeah, you were like about a year ago. You were walking like this, like I'll, you're a mortar man. Exactly. Yeah, like you've been exactly. carrying that thing around for. And here in Mobile, they've got a place called AOC, which is Alabama Orthopedic Clinic. And prior to that, when my back, I, I threw my back out somehow. I'm not sure. And it was pressing on my sciatic nerve and my spinal cord. So I went to a chiropractor thinking that it was just my bones were out of whack. I think that hurt more than anything. So anyway, I went to AOC 
and a surgeon named Dr. Donahoe is the one that I went and seen. He says, yeah, they did an MRI and they said, pressing on your sciatic nerve and your spinal cord. And I said, what can be done? Well, surgery where they took out the uh, gel from my disc that was pushing on my spinal cord, they took it out, rounded off my vertebrae with a incision about an inch and a half long. And since then, and that was done in February of this year, when I walked out of there, I was walking up straight, haven't had a problem since. After the surgery? After the out. surgery. That's what got me when you told me that. After the, the surgery. Because I saw you. You were, you were hunched over because mm -hmm. you were in pain. And you were right. like, I don't know what was going on. It wasn't always like this. No, I, I went, to, in fact, Tina and I and, and Preston went to Washington for Christmas, and I was in pain. I was always bent over. They gave me some Percocet, and Tina said it made me mean. So, uh, Drugs do weird stuff to us. Yeah. So after that, came back, had an MRI. They set up surgery, went, got my surgery done, and that was it. After well, the surgery, I, I, I was out for six weeks. And, but when I walked out of the hospital after the anesthesia and everything worked off, I was stood up and got dressed and left. No problem since. That's pretty cool. It is. Because hundreds of us have back issues. Oh, I know. Now, not, not all of us are the same. This doctor, uh, he, like I said, he's an orthopedic surgeon. And he's the one that said, this is what the problem is. This is how we can fix it. I said, go for it. So you really have to look at the doctor, see what other people have said about the doctor, because there, there's other doctors that have done the same type of surgery and the guy is still not the same. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a big, like they, and the, the one, I mean, I'm real thankful the, uh, the colonel that was the surgeon there come in and, and one at Walter Reed and then another over there at Fort Campbell just told me, we could do something to you. We can do surgery, but it's never going to heal you. Right. You're not going to, you're not going to be able to do stuff again. And you have the exact opposite. And it's interesting because we are all different. Right. Every person is made different. It's designed different. It's, you know, it's just as unique as, like you were asking me like why my legs move. And I told you, it's, <laughs> I know it's anxiety. And you know, I, I, I know that much because it doesn't happen all the time. I don't do it all the time. If I was right. playing my guitar, you won't see me doing that. Except, right. you know, I'm beating out the music. But I don't know if it's just what it is. But I think we're all unique. I mm -hmm. think we're all built. Oh, yeah. Designed specially. Well, if everybody was built and designed the same, we wouldn't be individuals. Yeah. That's true. And, and that's the way that God made it. We're all individuals. We have our own mind. We have our own bodies. We have our own problems brought on by ourselves. But most of my problems are <laughs> Matt inspired. I'm, God is not going to give you a problem that He don't think you can go through. That's that's fact. Okay, so it, it all depends on how you feel about God. If you don't believe in God. That's your own. That's your own. No, you know, look, like, let's go to that real quick. The, uh, you know, the idea is that some people think that God's never going to give you a heavy burden, and it's it's He gives you a heavy burden, but it's because He's going to help you carry it. Right. He you know, is not going to give you anything that you can't go through without His help. Without His help. Yeah. Okay. He He's not going to say, okay, there's a brick wall, go through it. Well, because. I mean, it, You're not going to. It, 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 it. You know, so I, I know people, you know, there's a bunch of people playing Christians on here. Right. And, and, and you and I are. 
And sometimes when I'm working with folks that aren't Christians, it's not appropriate to talk about being a Christian other than, you know, stating what I believe. Mm -hmm. But, like, to know that God is not looking at our lives and saying, eh, it'll be a fine. But he's he's uniquely involved. Oh, yeah. With everybody at all the time. just a little bit of, like... I want to say pleasure, but it's not so much pleasure as it is just about almost peace, like an assurance kind of thing. Right. And I don't know. You know, it's it's a. We were talking earlier. Dave was telling us about his his truck. He's got an old truck, old straight six. You know. Mm -hmm. And and in in so many in so many times we want to just get new. Like I do right now, I've got an old Chevy truck that's giving me some problems, and I just want to go get a new one. <laughs> and my wife is pointing out it's paid for. Exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. Like it's this huge thing, and so like it's it's kind of good that like even in our brokenness, we could look forward to a, a heavenly body where things are new. Mm-hmm. But even right now, we're still useful. Oh yeah. And you know, you go through that because I, I remember thinking. He says something like, um, I can't remember what it was, but our, the gist of it was you're in pain and your job requires you to be on your feet. You're moving around, you're going up and down ladders and all kinds of stuff. Going in tanks. And, and yeah, all that. and I was asking you, like, how are you going to keep doing it? You're like, I don't know, but I'll, <laughs> I'll make it. Yeah. You, you, your faith. You, you, you have to put your faith in God, for one. He's not going to. He's not going to put up anything that you can't go through. It may take his help. It may take a little while to do it. But he's not going to give you anything that you cannot do. Well, and sometimes you got to trust to take the leap. Like well, going yeah. into surgery is not... Oh, yeah. You know you're going to be... Yeah, and, and I'd heard horror stories for 20, 30 years about people that have had back surgery and say, oh, don't do it. If you can avoid it, don't do it. Well, I needed it. That was the only way that, and I had to put my trust in the doctor. Yeah. I had yeah, also I, I had also talked to a few people that work out there where I work that has used the same doctor, and they've never had a problem with it. So I've always you, you've got to give you you've got to put your faith in God for you to actually look he, he's not going to say okay this guy is it you go with him he may give you three or four people you decide you put your faith in what God is telling you and to be able to it. It, right and think about it we got you, minds. You, you, exactly we're, like I said we're all individuals we're not robots we will do what we feel in our heart, yeah. whether it's with, with God nudging us or if it's just our gut feeling. That's what we're going to do. Um, oh, I got a couple other questions that are real interesting. Like when I first got here, you'd give me a tour. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, and I think this is, this is one of those things out there, folks in Bet Church, as I've traveled around the country, and I talk with people, and before I started doing the interviews, I would still go to people's houses and play right. music and stand in the driveway sometimes play a song or whatever. But you've built this really cool place in your backyard. Tina and I have, yes. So, so you went out there and you worked with what you had, and mm-hmm. you made some cool stuff. And you designed where you're going to live. It looks awesome. Well, thank you. Why did you? I, what was the idea? Like what? You know, because 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 a lot of folks go, well, the house is only worth so much if I put money in the backyard. It you may never recoup that money. It's not necessarily an investment. But why did you do it? Why did you make your place beautiful? Uh, well, there? there there's actually two reasons. One, we like to have people over. I grill, I, I 
cook outside just as well as I do in I, here I at the kitchen. I some of that meat you cooked. It's pretty good. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I've, I've learned a few things over the years. But also, what we did to the backyard probably increased the value at least 10 grand. That's, so that's, we just hang out a lot outside. Right. Well. And, and we hang out and... Because it, you didn't do it for the increase. No, you no, did we did it. For, we did for it for us because when we first got here and we looked at it, it really wasn't appealing. I mean, the inside, yeah, the oh, the, the the Way front is yeah. great, but if if you've got a backyard that you're going to spend time in, why wouldn't you want it to look good? And I think between my wife and I. We've got it looking pretty good right now. Oh, it looks cool. It's not complete by no means, but it, it's a lot better than what it was when we first got here. I, I love it out there. I mean, I think, you know, and I, I bring that up because, like, I'll never forget going to Idaho and um, a young man taking me out and showing me his garden. Oh, Ricky yeah. Schaff, you're on here. That's somewhere I don't know. <laughs> he, um, I went to Afghanistan with him, and he, he wanted to show me this bush in his garden. It's called a burning bush, and it—it it struck me that he had invested properly with mm -hmm. his time and energy as he built. You know what I mean? Like it—it it is an investment. You guys, that didn't just happen. Oh yeah, no, it is an investment. It's an investment, but you know, when we started doing it, it was strictly we weren't even thinking about money. We just no. thought we want a pretty backyard because we entertain and we hang out and well it's an investment into yourselves i think exactly. i mean i think that's exactly. the biggest investment yeah, right exactly and doing it had no financial anything for us at yeah. the point yeah you know, we're just mm -hmm. like we wanted it pretty yeah, yeah. And, I, and i think that's um i think it shows and i think it's it's worth bringing that out it's you know as we're sitting here thinking because i'm looking at the fish ever since i got out of the military <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling Kate I want to get a big fish tank. Of course, now there's no room in the the minivan for a fish tank. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> when you turn corners, it might you know like slop over. <laughs> but um, but Kate was always like, you know, kind of like, sure, we'll get a fish tank and you're gonna clean it, right? <laughs> like, um, and I, I think that might be in my future. And I I love it because. It's like you said, dude. You can just get the chair, sit in front of it, and just go into your own zone. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just therapeutic. So there's something there. Like we talked about dogs, and here's where featuring the fish. Now, y'all check this out. Y'all know I do this. I've got a degree in in multimedia, graphic design. I make little videos all the time. All I mean, I got GoPros with me everywhere I go. I've got all this stuff. I'm shooting right. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make a movie out of what we're doing this year and. Um, interesting stuff but nothing staged is halfway near as interesting as sitting and looking just at a fish tank yeah like there's a whole world in here it is there's an ecology that's where these fish live 24 7 um, speaking of that I'm a certified commercial diver too oh yeah yeah so hey do you weld underwater I have yeah. it's been years but yes yeah. I was trained welding, cutting, photography, cleaning, salvage, deep water, deep dives, saturation dives. Marty, you and Scott, ought to get, my brother Marty, mm -hmm. he used to run the dive boat locker in Panama City for, I don't know however long he did it, Marty. But he, when he, he worked out in the, uh, in the Gulf on the oil rigs, he was a jack boat. The, mm -hmm crane operator you know if y'all watch the hurricane you some big cranes up there like off those are on boats too oh yeah and so they do something called jack boats that would go up out of the water and fill up with water and that's that's what pushes the pipe down mm -hmm. so marty worked out there as a oh, okay. crane operator he got back he worked in the dive locker and he learned how to dive got certified and one time he took me to morrison creek now, uh, i don't know springs. morrison springs and so i put the thing over you know He's like, listen, you can't go down because you'll die and you're not certified. But, right, right. But I talked to him and he let me do it. It's amazing because it it's is. not like my CPAP. My CPAP's got this air that's pushing. I know. This does nothing you until you breathe. To, you have to inhale in order to get 
oxygen. And when I went down, I had to actually put on, you know, I'm not exactly a lightweight. But a weight I, belt. But I had to put on a, a weight belt to get just like two feet buoyant. under the water to be able to breathe like that. Yeah, neutrally buoyant. Neutrally buoyant. It. Yeah. So how hard is it to learn to? to it's not hard at all. It. I mean, I first learned when I moved to Alaska, right out of high school. <laughs> Stop. You, you moved to Alaska to learn to scuba dive? No, I, I, I moved to Alaska with my, with my best friend because we wanted out of Washington State. Okay. So moved, oh, the, the typical, moved, like, I'm getting right, out of here. Exactly. Okay, that, that makes sense. <laughs> but while we were there, we ended up getting scuba dive uh, okay. certified, and I, I dove in... Uh, Valdez, Alaska, which you know the Valdez tanker Spill. that spilt, yeah. it was named after that place. That's where we went for our open water dives. Was it freezing cold? I mean, when it you was, say that, that's it what was makes me 33 laugh. degree water, and I had a wetsuit two times too big for me. So every time I turned, things kind of shriveled up a little bit quicker, you know. So. Yeah, it it was cold, and this was in May, May June oh, time frame. My, oh my! You know when I went to Alaska the one time, Kate and I went together. We drove up the Alaskan Highway, mm -hmm. and I was gonna go in May, and the guy's like, "Oh no, you don't drive until July." Uh, and I said, oh, yeah. "Why? Because <laughs> there's still snow around. It's cold." Well, and to Valdez, there's two ways in. One is one road in and out, mm -hmm. and the other way is by boat. You can't even fly into Valdez. Really? Nope. That's interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. And so... And, and when I got there, at, it was like 3 o'clock in the morning because I, I rode with a uh, highway patrol that was also in the class. Got there, got to motel. Next morning... Open up the blinds and just nothing but glacier mountains all around us. Oh, it's beautiful. It was gorgeous. I'm trying to get her to go up one day. Oh, yeah. Like when we went to Alaska. I don't have a problem visiting anywhere. Why? <laughs> you know, we were, she'll, she'll end up moving there. They, they didn't have the medical marijuana yet uh -huh. in Florida, and I was like, not that I'm using this stuff all the time, but it's helped me a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, I kept saying, Kate, well, I'm, we're leaving. And I would, I would bring up Alaska because it's land opportunity. I think there's um, gold out there. And so, <laughs> gold in them there hills. And Kate was, <laughs> that's right. And Kate was just like, every time I'd bring up Alaska, she'd be like, I don't know who you're talking to, but it ain't me because I'm not going with you to Alaska. I tell you what, Kate, if you ever go, you will fall in love with it. We did. We went to the, Fairbanks. Oh, we, did you? Well, we went, that's where I, that, well, that's where I lived was Fairbanks. Yeah. I, we we put we pulled in in February of eighty eighty two February of eighty two. It was thirty below zero with a wind chill. You I said had thirty below, folks. Yeah, thirty below. And I had a jean jacket on, jeans, boots, and a cowboy hat. That was it. I froze my butt off. It's a good thing I had a place to live. <laughs> but yeah, it's gorgeous. How many the, how many places northern... have you lived in? Oh, pfft. come on, come on, do it. Try to do it. Okay, that I've lived or that I've been. No, no, that you've lived. Lived. San Diego. Well, Connecticut, where I was born. Uh, Finley, Washington, where I was raised. Uh, San Diego, California, Long Beach, California, uh, five different ships, four different ships, I'm sorry, Silverdale, Washington, and Mobile, well, Saraland, Alabama, and Mobile, Alabama. Them ships, now they took you all over the world. Oh, I, I spent uh, seven years out of ten years on the water. Going on West Packs or World Pack or just so all in the Navy, the, of the ten. Yeah, 
So, like, y'all hear that. So, when you talk to an individual who's been in the Navy, you spent how many years at sea? About seven years out away of, from my family. Ten. Out of ten years. Yep. And and so, some people out there say, well, how, how come, you know, how come people get divorced? <laughs> we never home. You don't know the other person. No. I loved it when you said your dad walked in the door and one of the kids said, who's that? Yeah, and, and in the subservice back then, they were only out for three months at a time. Okay, so we've got, here we've got three boys aging from toddler, I mean pre-toddler, me, to four years old, which is my older brother. And for years, my dad spent 10 years in the subservice. He'd go out for three months, come back for six, go out for three months, come back for six. And those six where you're back is a bunch of, you're at the ship, you gotta do this, you gotta do exactly. that. Exactly, they do. still have to stand watches, they still have Just like their duty. Gotta, exactly. You know, people say, well, you're gone for a year. Yeah, we're going for a year, but then we gotta go to NTC, we gotta go to this training event, we gotta go to that training event, right. two weeks in the field over here. We yep. got a 24 hour ruck march coming up, you know, like, in, and, and back then, back then in, in between 55 and 65 when my dad was in, they were still just starting the nuclear program. So my dad was at training, learning the nuclear program. You got a really cool story about this. Which about one? A, about a, the um, getting into the nuclear thing, your dad almost, you not being. Oh, here. yeah. My dad, when the thresher, when the nuclear ship, uh, submarine, nuclear boat, they call submarines boats, when it was, uh, I think it was maiden voyage, my dad was assigned to another ship, but he was getting orders to the thresher. And he, this is in 1965, he turned it down because he was getting out. And the captain of his boat said, you need to reconsider. This is a new nuclear submarine and all this other stuff. Well, if he had taken the orders that the captain had given him to the thresher, I wouldn't be here today. Well, I may have been here, but he would, I wouldn't have known him because the thresher, that was when the thresher went down and never that, came back up. And it didn't go down its maiden voyage, but it was close to it, right? It was. It, it may have been first or the second or third. Something. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly when it went down, but yeah, he, uh, he turned it down and he said, nope, he says, my family, my, my boys are more important than this. And it literally saved his life. Oh, it did. He lost probably 40, 50 friends that he knew that was on the thresher. I bet when he, it, I bet when that it went down and didn't come back up. To the day he died. Or was he, 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 he No, nah, he, he passed away in 06. Sorry. And uh, he, he really never talked about it. I know he spent uh, during the Vietnam War they had missions that they had to do even on submarines and he never talked about it he never at least to me he never he never did and we'd asked him a few times you know what'd you do in the Navy well he was a uh, electrician or signalman or something like that in there and uh, were you proud of your dad oh very did did did, now, did your dad help you join the service my dad didn't help me join the service. But I mean his... He, he, he gave me, he gave all of us boys. There's four boys in my family. My oldest one is four years older than me. My youngest is six years younger than me. He gave all of us an ultimatum when we got out of school. You either go to college, <laughs> you get a job, or you join the military. Your choice. But you ain't just sitting here. <laughs> You are not living off of my money. Uh, that that was one reason why I want I went to Alaska. I wanted to get out and see what it's like. Well, 
it wasn't so glamorous. <laughs> so when I got back, in fact, I had to call my dad and mom and say, uh, can you send me a plane ticket home? So they sent me a plane ticket home and I got back home, got a job with a local insulation company, worked there about six months and went and talked to a recruiter. Uh, told him, you know, my dad was in the Navy, I want to be a ship fitter in the Navy, blah, blah, blah. They promised me everything under the moon, but we all know that what they promised doesn't mean nothing. So. Oh, it means something. <laughs> it means that you're going into the military. It, it, it means okay. that you're going to be told what you're going to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And it's not all bad. No, you know, no, like, no, 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 no. I, mean, like, I, I tell you what. I sometimes look at the, you know, I say stuff, because my dad was a recruiter for 10 years or something. Uh -huh. I, like, and I, I give him a hard time, but it's not all bad. No, it, it, I tell you what, if I didn't go in the Navy, I have no idea what I'd be doing right now, if I'd even be alive. That's true. Honestly, it, between my dad, my oldest brother, he went in the Navy in 76. Uh, between my dad and my brother, I have no idea if I would have said, screw the military. I don't know what I'd be doing. But it gave me enough to where, okay, I got discipline now. Yeah, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. I don't want to get in trouble. My name is, my, my last name is more important to me than anything there is. And I've told my dad that in the past, you know. I was born with the name Dickie. I'll die with the name Dickie. I'll be damned if I'm gonna ruin my name. My grandpa's name was Dickie. I respect him, my dad, my brothers. Because family it's so. It, it's gotta be. Yeah. If, if you don't care about your family, what do you care about? But what else is there? Exactly. Because, I mean, all the stuff that we have, if we think about the fact that, like, this life is a journey to the next life, mm -hmm. when, put it, when put in that perspective, the, the, the only other option there is that when this life is over, there's nothing. Right. There's only two options. I, for the people that that works for, they're that probably must be born, pretty good. They're probably born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Well, because I, I, I can't think like that. I have to, I, I mean, I just can't pull it off. Like, mm. I can't fathom the idea there's not a God. Doesn't no, work oh no. Me. But it does work for me to think what matters here is the relationships I'm in. And the first relationship you have as an individual, any individual. Is with your family. Is with your family. Even with the folks who are born and wind up adopted, mm -hmm. never meet their parents. I'll never forget, I was working in a hospital one night and we did overnights in a hospital, you know, mm -hmm. chaplain. And one of the other guys on duty, something got messed up and somebody said, well, you take this duty, I'll take that duty. And you know how this stuff goes, you know. Yep. Somebody got sick and so we're now we're scrambling around. Right. And the guy that decides to take duty that night, his mom had died giving birth to him. Mm. And that happened that same night. Oh. And, it's, and, and we live in a country where that is so rare. Like, we're, we're talking like, you win, more people win the lottery than women die in childbirth today in America, I think. Yeah. I think that's, isn't that the case? Yeah, I got a lot of women in the room telling me yes. But that's a real God. Oh, yeah. Who, who brought this guy in who could look over at this dad who was standing there and say, hey, this happened to me. I was the baby. Mm-hmm. Like, family is, is so... Like, what else do you have if you don't have let, your family? Let, let me get back to the, the adoption part a minute. Yeah. My ex-wife, she had two kids when I met her. My youngest daughter was three. My oldest daughter was five. I ended up adopting them. My oldest daughter's biological dad ended up having an overdose or something. My youngest daughter, her dad still lives here in Mobile. He's got a thrashing or thriving company. Okay. But my youngest daughter always has told me, 
you are the only dad that I've ever known. Because I raised her from three years old. She's a hard worker. She's married, got two kids of her own. I mean... You're a granddaddy. Oh, I've been a granddaddy. <laughs> I've been a granddaddy for 15 years. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> I didn't know that. But, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. I, so I've got two adopted kids, and then my son, which is in the Air Force, over in... Somewhere over in... Over there somewhere, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he's involved in... Well, I, I, I really can't say where he's yeah. at right now, yeah. but... Uh, huh? Uh, somewhere over there but he, he's stationed in Germany and he just got married and all that so I don't have any kids from him or grandkids from him but uh, that's cool I mean like you're right though without our family like like when Kate and I don't have any kids it makes like it makes us real aware that like everything else is stuff Right. Everything can be replaced. All that matter. Like the, my brother just went through this hurricane and we went on the phone. You saw it. I, yeah. Another buddy called. I just got on the phone with them because they're my family. Mm -hmm. And it's real important. It's not important if they lose their whole house down there, which thankfully my brother didn't. Right. But what was important is he's alive. Exactly. You know, and it's like. You can replace things. You can't replace people. You can't. No, and no. it's like, it's and sometimes you know, like me and Kate finally getting over. Like you've invited me to your house four times. times. <laughs> no, you've done it a number of times, and and I finally made it. Mm -hmm. And and I'm, I would say just from my point of this interview, um, hey, it's it's good to be busy. And, and I'm and I'm trying to do some good stuff. Oh yeah. You know, and I'm like, it's weird because you know you're starting out, we're building this whole thing. But sometimes you just got to stop and go to people's houses mm -hmm. to take care of yourself, because it's good for me to be here with you. Oh, well, you yeah. got food, you got drink, yeah. you got family. Family, and <laughs> and um, and it's you know we got a lot of family here in Mobile. Yeah. Um. We didn't, I think we're going to see Michelle tomorrow. I think so. Are we in twins? We got two twin. Two twins and the little one. Is Garrett going to right. be there? That's right. I don't know if Garrett will be there. Okay. He's probably, is he out of town or is he he's working? 16? No, he's in school he's still. 17. More okay. than likely he will not go on with the air. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, Unless but, it's play video games. Yeah. Well, you know, I can't blame him for that. But it's, it's good to be at least to be of the mindset that at one point you're going to you're going to reconnect with family because mm -hmm. some people they haven't reconnected oh no and it's um, in fact the last time me and my three other brothers before this last christmas the last time we had gotten together was at my dad's funeral in 06 but this year or this last year tina and preston and i went Washington my brother and his wife came up from LA and my other brother from Utah and his wife and new kids we all gathered right there at my mom's house in, in DC Washington State Washington State yeah, oh that's what you were saying Washington don't 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 <laughs> misconstrue it with DC because trust me there's nothing in there that one is a swamp thank you well thank it was you. I lived there it I'm sorry but I'm yeah, not sorry. It, <laughs> I like that <laughs> Well, you know, like if we went back and did the whole thing at the National Cathedral, uh -huh. they just invited me to something for uh, for Veterans Day, and I'm like, no, I'm gonna be in Austin. I, I was, you know, because I love the National Cathedral, right? Because I, because I, I have this idea that the places, these buildings that churches meet in, like sometimes they're just so boring. I mean, oh, like no. you know, it's like a <laughs> I've, I've been to Washington, D.C. seven or eight times. I haven't left anything there. What? There's really nothing for me to go back to. Hey, maybe you'll come with us on the next summer and do the vet church through the pilgrimage. 
of a cathedral. That could that, that, that would be cool. That would be cool. Well, see, there's purpose behind that, right? You know, like right. I mean, there's this well, idea of, of yeah. healing and going through and seeing. I, I delivered six boats to Annapolis uh, from how was it? Oh eight to fourteen. Now, when you say delivered, Del- talk to us because well, the two hundred mile, two hundred foot boat is going down the highway. Well, the, these are one hundred eighteen foot. Uh, boats. They were uh, what they call yard patrol boats, YPs, and a little shipyard here in Mobile built them. And I was working for the Navy, and anytime the the boats left the pier, there had to be a a government person on it. I was the only one there, so I took it around Florida and up the East Coast to Annapolis. And so you sailed from Mobile Bay. Correct. Uh, you know, to like, when you say it, like, you know, it just sounds incredible. Oh, it, it was good. Uh, some, some of the trips lasted six days. Some lasted 14 days. All depends on what problems they had on the boat in the transit. So 118, how much? 118 foot. 118 foot ship. What would that have been like out there today in the in Hurricane Michael? Oh, it would never have gone. No. I mean, you got waves that are 35, 40 foot. It would have engulfed them boats. So, what about ships? What about those 200 ships you foot ships you're working on? Those, it would have been rough. But they, the, Na- the Navy always detours around. Like there's no sense in going through that. With there's, there's no reason to. Yeah. Why, why endanger the pe- personnel on it? Why endanger, you got, you know, $100 million vessel. Why put it into that? Yeah, what does a boat or a ship, what's a 200 uh, a ship? ship cost? It can be anywhere, depending on what it, what's it on does. it. It does, yeah. Okay, the LCSs are littorial combat ships. They don't have a whole lot of weaponry, but they've got a lot of uh, electronics. So it, it, it just, it, it all, depends all depends on what on, they put in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like a car. Exactly. You got a Mercedes or you got a Toyota. You got a Datsun, you got a Ford. You know, what do you got? Yeah, that, that makes sense. That's a good so answer. So it, it all depends. Well, um, we've talked for an hour. <laughs> so it, anything that you'd like to say to Vet Church? Oh, you've been part of this for a bit. Uh, what's that? A Warrior's Oasis. Uh, get on it. Go on the website. Look. I don't know how to say that. Here. What is that? Quimido. New Mexico. Quimino. Okay. Quimino, New Mexico. It's in, it's up north. It's in God's country. It's called Silver Ranch. Yeah, it's Silver Sky Ranch. Yeah. And. uh, You can Google it. It'll pull up all kinds of sites. Right. That's going to be cool. And and if you go on a Warriors Oasis, it shows. Facebook page. They've got three big buildings. One is the main house or whatever and then you've got a couple other buildings off of it uh anybody that feels like they've got a a week or two to volunteer to go and help out hey and you know that might be i'm sure they can't pay you but it's worth something well i I run into people that say to my to me what can i do exactly you can do some things. Oh, absolutely. And this, and this way, wouldn't it be just doing something? Take your friends, your family, yeah. make a little something of it, a little pilgrimage of your own. Right. And go out there and do something together. Because I, I really think that when you work together, when you do things together, people are like, well, how can you and Kate stand being together all the time? That's why we got married. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, it's like, I like doing stuff with this person. Exactly. And that's the foundation, I think, or one of the foundations of a good relationship, at least one of them. Yep. 
So that would be that would be kind of cool to go out there and yeah. folks go out there and help your brother. If you got a vacation or something, or you just want to get away, uh, send them an email on that the website. Yeah. Well, this is and this is a it's a physical hands-on. It is real honest. And and my brother needs all crafts, electrical, plumbing, carpentry. It doesn't matter, you know. If you're a welder, he may have something that needs to be welded. Pretty cool stuff. Building a ship is like building a house. It's just with a different type of material. Yep. You know. Well, then in the in the rules always apply. Straight, yeah. level. Exactly. Um, exactly. Well, I really appreciate you doing this. Um, well, I appreciate the invite. Yeah. Appreciate the the opportunity. And, and for all y'all out there that we haven't done your interview yet, want to. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Because I just, I think this is like, uh, I think this is how we heal. We share our stories. We share our pain. We talk about some of the highlights. You know, we can't mm -hmm. talk about, what was it? We were talking, joking around before. We can't go into 54 years here. You know, like, <laughs> and you can't. I mean, like an hour flies by like, like that and we hit a few highlights you get to talk about the highlights but yeah. sometimes those highlights in your life be the low moments or moments of extreme joy yeah. they're exactly designed to care for somebody else mm -hmm. and I think that's what we do yeah. so appreciate your vulnerability brother hey, no problem alright folks y'all continue to question think about things have fun and care for one another Thank you for joining us for this Vet Church interview. Your feedback is welcome. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com.